This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. So welcome to the Three Lions podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and of course you know this is an England supporters podcast. Now I think it is stating the obvious that we're living in strange times at the moment. Daily lives change, routines affected, football, be it club or international affected. Whilst it's not a major priority at the moment, it is of course something that brings people together, be it for joy or pain. And it's something that we all enjoy and takes away life's distractions when we all meet up. And sadly, that's something that we can't do at the moment. So I'm just going to try and put some smiles on people's faces, some positivity with a series of podcasts that look back on various England games. In fact, your first England away trip. We all love to travel. We all love to follow our national team. So why not rekindle those memories? And to get the ball rolling, I'll start. My first England game was a trip to Athens, Greece, back in 2001 for a 2002 World Cup qualifier. And I went with a very good friend of mine, Dan Smart, who I'm pleased to say is joining me to reminisce. Dan. Afternoon. (laughs) You all right? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Yeah, this is uh, an ideal opportunity in these odd times to to put some positivity on, on people's faces and and being as we uh, we basically both popped our England away cherry at the same time. That's right, yeah. It's crazy to think that was uh, 19 years ago nearly. So, Well, I think I was 23, and I guess you you would have been 23 too? Exa- uh, yeah, 2001, yep. <laughs> 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 <I did> my <laughs> mess. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we hopped on the England away bandwagon. Um, it was quite a distance, really, for a first game. Greece, wasn't it? I think the thing then was is that you couldn't do independent travel as much. So the likes of EasyJet and Ryanair were very much only sort of in their the beginnings. True. Um, so I, I remember we actually booked a package holiday because that was the easiest easiest way to get get there. Although you'd think with the game being in Athens, we would have gone to Athens, though, wouldn't you? Uh, well, that would have been maybe a bit more ideal. But if I remember at the time, that might have been beyond their um, youthful budget. True, yes. So we, we headed right to the very top of Greece to, well, I thought initially it was um, Thessalonica or, or Salonica as people know it, but apparently not. No, we went to um, nearby though, but Halkidiki, yeah. which is the little, you know, they call it the fingers of Greece where all these little peninsulas stick out. So right at the top, yeah, I do remember we went there for a, uh, yeah, it was about two or three days beforehand, I think, wasn't it? Uh, I think so, yeah, because we had some time you know, in the sun, because it, was, it wasn't bad weather before no. we had to make the uh, rather, shall we say, long journey to Athens. <laughs> now, you, you said to me, uh, who, who did you say we flew with? Um, or did you not? random charter, charter air, airline that we've, I've never heard of since. Yeah, but they, they, weren't, they weren't English. And, and you reminded me that um, they said that we were flying at about 35 feet. Yeah, you thought, yeah, this thought this was going to be a bit of a scary journey uh, all the way to Greece. <laughs> kind of looked at each other with sort of eyes opening wide if we're flying at that height. But no, I think it was 35,000 feet, I guess. I would be. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we uh, this was, yeah, 6th of June was, was the day of the game. So we, we flew over there. I don't know, it must have been 
second, third, I guess, of, of June to Halkadiki. Um, a few days in the sun. And I, I seem to remember, because as you say, it was a, a package holiday um, and we were in this sort of hotel-come-resort area. And I think we'd done a bit of a recce of the area of how to, to get down to Athens. Um, but we said to like the hotel rep, what's the best way to get to Athens? And she kind of looked at us with a, uh, what do you want to go to Athens for? Yeah, and, um, definitely a long way, wasn't it? So Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, so she she kind of, I guess, gave us the uh, the way to get there. So the train is your best way. So we uh, wrecked that and, the, uh, and we got a taxi across town in, in Salonika, which, which was a bit of a hairy ride, wasn't it? Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The Greeks are not known for their um, uh, considerate driving, are they? So <laughs> we say wrecked it all out, and we aimed for a uh, a fast train, um, which from so if you picture in Greece, you've got Salonika or Thessalonica right at the very top, and then Athens is right down the very bottom. Um, so we would be scouting down the coast on the train, um, and we'd we'd planned for a five hour train journey, and which which I guess is. I guess that from sort of London to Newcastle, I guess. A bit further than that, probably, but yeah. Yeah. And uh, doable. Five hours sounds sounds kind of doable, doesn't it? Yeah, five hours on a train. You just have a uh, couple of beers and uh, maybe a, a bit of a sleep, and uh, you'd be there. But uh, no, our, our taxi didn't really go to plan, did it? No, we did. We, we, we missed the train by about two minutes. I do remember the. Uh, Taxi driver telling us that it wouldn't be a problem, though, because trains in Greece never run on time. So this obviously was the only one that ever ran on time in Greece, because as we ran up the stairs to the platform, off it was on its way to Athens without us. And I, I seem to remember just sort of standing there thinking, what in the world do we do now? Um, how are we going to get to Athens? Because that must have been must have been early, early doors that we'd got this taxi across the city to the station um but yeah we we then managed to get a uh, a later one which took us eight hours didn't it yeah it didn't leave much behind behind it but of course yeah three hours on top it was a long journey the train was very how should we say dated wasn't it and uh yeah the, the journey was quite a long eight hours was uh, a long period of time to uh go on a train i remember the two finnish girls in our carriage that got off at um, mount olympus about halfway halfway down i think and we're just like deadly jealous that they managed to get off this horrific train <laughs> yeah because it was it was winding around the mountains wasn't it really i mean if you're a someone who suffers with some sort of car sickness or train sickness equivalent then uh, it wasn't really a pleasant journey i mean visually it was stunning but yeah it was winding its way around the mountains wasn't it yeah. Look outwards, not down, kind of thing was the uh, was the key there. Yes. Yeah, I've got yeah, I've got a feeling I did look down at one stage, and you actually think, wow, we are so close to the edge of the mountain there. But yeah, eight hour train, added three hours added on, um, kind of put paid to a little bit of exploring around Athens, didn't it? Yeah, we got there so late. I think we had to sort of find the metro and get straight to the stadium. Do you know there was there was one thing that always seems to uh, that I always remember. I don't know if you remember this one, but we were. I think we it was coming out of the metro and and on our way towards the the ground or, or that sort of area. There was a, we were in and around a a group of England fans, and they were they were slightly older than us. Um, but I think England at the time still had that sort of 
stigma. England fans sort of still had that stigma. And there was, I can still see it now, there was this mother with a young child, be it, I don't know, three, four, five-ish. And there was a few England fans Was we were walking along and we got to a uh, like Pelican Crossing and one of the England fans in front of us gave his cap to this little boy. Um, and this woman, initially, she was all a bit sort of stand back, like to, to a child stand back. There's a lot of England fans coming through. But this guy gave her, gave his, this little boy's hat, which I thought was a, a really nice touch. I don't know if, if that if you remember that one or I, I do now you mentioned the story i think yeah i mean it's it's one of those things it's a reputation that precedes england because of a minority yeah. and actually you know it's not you know and that's that's around the around the world around europe isn't it is always be wary of sadly of, of football fans but actually most of them that follow are people that are genuine guys that you know like to support their team often like a beer maybe but they're they're friendly they're not out to cause trouble and yeah it's a shame yeah. that the minority have have given us that that um reputation even though it's pretty much so long ago that 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 was happening yeah no you're right um and i do remember when we did eventually get to the ground i having or being my first england away game there was just england english people everywhere it seems seems really silly to say it but it was like being in salonica for two or three days previous where it was obviously predominantly greece i don't remember there being too many holiday makers around but all of a sudden Everywhere you looked and, and the only language you could hear was English, um, all basically waiting to get through the turnstiles. Yeah, it was, it was almost like we were the we were the home team in a way, because I think to be fair, to a certain extent, the police, I remember the police being very visual on the way up and maybe they filtered us all into a certain part of the stadium and we were quickly separated from the Greek fans. But certainly, yeah, we, we didn't feel in the minority um, in, when we went towards the stadium. Do you remember how much we paid for our tickets? No idea, but obviously the Greek would have had the um, drachma in those days, I assume. So you know, way before the times of Euros. Yeah. But- so I've actually, I've actually still got my ticket stub here, and it's unfortunately it's just ripped right on the right on it. But I'm pretty sure it's twenty thousand drachma, um, which I've just had a quick look. I think works out about thirty thirty five pound. Does that sound about right? Maybe it sounds quite expensive actually, but. It does, we know that that sometimes teams used to get their money's worth from the England fans, didn't they? Because they travelled well. True. I mean, I found out that the attendance was twenty nine thousand three hundred, so there was a, a fair few in there. But it was a was it the Olympic Stadium? Um, it was, or, yeah, yeah. Um, so there there were obviously quite a few patches um, of empty seats dotted around, and and I seem to remember the that we as England fans were dotted on on one of the corners like the corner flag um, yeah it was kind of yeah, like, like we had almost like a quarter of the ground didn't we but it was, mm. yeah I do remember it being very low down it's not like we had a second tier or anything but uh, that might be just from where we were sitting there was a, i think there was a like a tier above us but whether there were england fans above us i uh, i don't know was there a, sec- a tier around the top was it just like a single bowl yeah, I think it, I think it might have been because it was probably before it got developed, didn't it? Again, so uh, okay. Um, football stadiums were a little bit more shabby, shall we say, than they are now. Yeah, and, <laughs> and some would say a little bit better, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but I do remember that the the Greek fans did make a lot of noise, and and it was the first time I think that I'd ever really seen like flares in a ground. 
yeah, it was that proper sort of, it was a little bit, it wasn't intimidating in terms of the size of the crowd. It was just, they support their team in a far different way. Mm. I think seeing all the foreign police as we came up, it's like, oh, okay, right. And then when we got into the stadium, they were quite, yeah, there was a bit of noise from them. There was a bit of, there was some fireworks. It was a very different sort of atmosphere than we've ever been used to in England. Yes, yeah, still, still to this day, you know, continental Europe is quite different, isn't it, from, oh, from yeah. how we see it here. Certainly an eye-opener for a couple of young 23-year-olds, I think. Well, I'm sure there were a lot younger supporters out there than us. But, yeah, it was it was a real eye-opener, I think. Do you remember the the lineup for the game? Do you remember any on in particular? Beckham was captain. Yeah, he was, yeah. I think it would have been, yeah, Gerard was probably um, playing in those days. I imagine David Seaman was still in goal, wasn't he? Yeah, so, I mean, it, the... Uh, Owen up front, probably. Yeah, Michael Owen was there. It was David Seaman in goal, Phil Neville, Ashley Cole, Stephen Gerrard, Rio Ferdinand, Martin Keown played in this one. Okay, uh, so, here near the end of his career, I would have done yeah, guess. Yeah, David Beckham was captain, Paul Scholes was there, Robbie Fowler, okay, um, yeah. Michael Owen and Emil Heskey. Um, and then three players who came on from the bench, Steve McMallerman, uh, Alan Smith and Nicky oh, Butts. Alan Smith, that's a, that's a blast from the past, isn't it? I'm guessing, was, would he have been Leeds? Was, it, was that when he yeah, was at Leeds? Yeah. 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 I mean, to be fair, he was scoring goals at the time, I guess, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Leeds were, were decent as well at the time, weren't they? So. Yeah. And looking at the, there was some YouTube footage. Well, there isn't a great deal of YouTube footage of it, um, but I've seen the, uh, seen the goals. It, we, we won 2 0. And it was Paul Scholes who got the first goal, which, to be honest, I don't, I don't remember really anything about the game. But seeing the goals, Paul Scholes got the the first one, a little sort of tap in um, from about four yards out, and then Beckham got a free kick right towards the end of the end of the game. There you go, Beckham a free kick at the end of a game versus Greece. Well, yeah, <laughs> I remember I remember the goal from the home game a lot more. That's nicely done by England. Michael Owen just pushing on ahead here, hoping to get the pass. Instead, it's gone to Emil Heskey. Oh, and there's a goal for Paul Scholes. England have scored after 63 minutes. 25 yards out. Beckham lining the ball up. Ashley Cole is standing just to his right. And that is Beckham. Oh, and that's the second goal and the one that clinches three World Cup points for England. I think maybe it's the whole atmosphere, you know, when you, you sort of get wrapped up in, in that rather than almost the game, when, especially when it's your first sort of ever away game abroad. So yeah, uh, I, I, my recollection of the game quite sketchy, but I, I remember it being quite comfortable for England, but maybe it wasn't, you know, maybe it was a bit naive in those days. We'd had a few cu- comfortable qualifying games. So, I mean, this, of course, was the qualifying campaign that we, uh, that we beat Germany in as well, 5-1. Yeah, we didn't look. I don't think we were that comfortable in terms of <laughs> the game against Greece compared to how how we played against Germany. We couldn't really. It wasn't really a. Couldn't really foresee that from this no. performance. But yeah, it was a. I think in a way, fairly typical England qualification performance. You know, we got the job done against the side away from home that we you you should nine times out of ten, ten beat. Yeah, that's pretty much my my memories from the game as well. But it's little things as well that are around it that I remember we were kept in after the full-time whistle and Gary Lineker with whoever was on like a match of the day program walked above us on some sort of 
gangway to to exit the stadium with two other pundits i think and and i seem to remember him waving um to the england supporters down below i don't know if you remember that one no i don't i'm not sure we would ever get that close to us these days you know it's uh, <laughs> it was i know it's only 20 years ago but sometimes you think in terms of like the coverage i saw the grainy grainy stuff on um youtube it just doesn't it's nowhere near as good as you know what what we can find now when Sky are broadcasting Gibraltar versus the Faroe Islands, for example, live, it's it's just different. And yeah, they'll that, be in a swanky studio now, wouldn't they? The pundits never on the pitch, hardly ever anymore. So that was, as I say, we got we got held in the the ground for a little while, um, and then exited to uh, make our own way home. And we had a uh, had a bit of a hairy journey back, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the, the Greeks like to, you know show us their hospitality on the way home so it's nice of the nice of the, of the stadium to hold us back just so the greeks could get into position for the uh their friendly um attack on the uh, metro train yeah so we had i guess it would be like a a football special that we got on the local or the nearest underground station that went straight into athens central i guess um so where we, where we were going to go to then get our train back so this train was a non-stop train and and went through various platforms, but it was it was far off and out that it was far enough out of town the stadium that it wasn't actually underground yet, was it? So yes, yeah, you're right. So we we went through these these open air platforms and lining the platforms were loads of Greek supporters and many of them were just jeering and and waving flags and and that. Um, but yeah. Plenty of bricks came through or, or were attacking the the train as we came through, didn't they? Yeah, I don't think there was any windows that were not shattered, shall we say. Yes, and unfortunately, I seem to remember whilst there was a window that was open uh, or whether it was actually shattered, but one brick actually came through and, and I seem to remember hit hit a, a young lady on, on the head somewhere that she had a, a blood injury there and, and I, there was someone who just shouted on the train get your heads down that was that uh, was the that was a policeman i do remember it oh was it i think they they were actually in, you know when you look at it at the game early on the game you're thinking they were being a bit they were a bit heavy-handed aren't they almost but actually when, when it came on the way back they were you know they they protected the england fans very well and i think uh they went to the the ladies aid as well so fair play to them as well yeah, it it was quite a uh, quite a scary trip back to to Athens. Uh, the yeah, centre 15, of Athens. fifteen minutes of fun, I think it was. Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but fun didn't stop, did it? Because we pretty much spent the whole night in the city, or or just sort of within a square, um, waiting for the the sun to rise, that we could get the train back the following morning. Because for whatever reason, we didn't book any sort of accommodation, did we? No, again, probably, you know, a budget. Mm. And you think, oh, we're going to be warm. We'll just stay up all night. We'll find a bar. Um, I think after the little journey back, we weren't very comfortable finding a bar full of Greek people. We were kind of a little bit apprehensive, being a little bit naive, maybe, of of 23-year-olds. I think the whole of the population now hates English people. But, uh, yeah, so we sat in this square all night waiting for the sort of, you know, the morning so that we could go um, and explore a bit more safely. Yeah, so we, we did eventually go exploring as the uh, as the sun came up and we and we found a found ourselves by the uh, by the acropolis um obviously the what the most probably the most famous piece of architecture in well, in the world in athens 
Um, and and it was one thing I do remember is seeing the sun come over it. Yeah, it was quite it was quite special almost to go and see a, a, a sort of so, something so iconic when there's no one there. Mm. Uh, and that's the benefit of going up there. I don't know at six o'clock in the morning. So, um, but yeah, if you're ever, ever in a city, wherever some some sites early in the morning with nothing else to do, always go and do them then because you'll you'll get the benefit of a lack of crowds. Yeah. After we'd seen the the Acropolis, time to get back to uh, to Thessalonica, and and this time we managed to get the uh, get the right train and, and a much nicer, smoother, faster train back. Yeah, this, this train was much more modern. I don't remember much of the journey. I think we did sleep for a lot of it because we were so tired after being up all night. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a much nicer train than the uh, the ancient thing we came down on. But uh, yeah, all all in all, I thought it was a uh, I thought it was a good trip. It was a relatively safe trip by the uh, by the bricking of the train, um, and and one I kind of look back fondly on. And it was the uh, the start of. I mean, obviously we've been to. A fair few England home games, including that um, the the reverse fixture with Greece. We were there for that one, sitting right on the very top at uh, back row at Old Trafford. Um, but yeah, we we then travelled to various World Cups together as well. I think it's I think it's been an enjoyable experience. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was obviously the prelude to first ever visit, sort of outside Europe to sort of Japan, mm. and uh, that was a pretty special World Cup. I think for anyone that went to that as I'm sure some rugby fans have done that recently, but the Rugby World Cup can sort of testify. So, yeah, it was a really, uh, it's, it almost, yeah, it was just, it was the start, wasn't it? It didn't put anyone off. No. <laughs> and, uh, it didn't put me off Greece at all, a lovely country. And, uh, um, yeah, it was it was a really good trip. And I think that was that was the last time, I believe, that we played in Greece. So I think we'd, we're probably due another trip at some uh, stage. Yeah, yeah. You, they usually go around in fits and spurts, but we didn't play Greece not a country we probably cut, played that often. No, I remember no. friendly before uh, USA '94, uh, right? When we stuffed them after the, they qualified, and we hadn't. We then beat them five 0 of course, just to rub it in um, <laughs> that we hadn't qualified. But yeah, I don't remember. It's, it's one of those countries that hasn't come up, you know. Unlike you know, Romania's if we wish to end up playing, don't we? And, Poland as well. Yeah, Poland. Yeah, especially. Well, Sweden, let, yeah, yeah. Well, let's. Uh, well, we'll see. Maybe there'll be another trip on the cart at some stage. Yeah, and yeah, they've certainly. Again, I think they're one of those sides you'd expect to to beat these days. But they they proved their worth back in Portugal, two thousand four. That was, I guess, now. Yes, yeah. So it was crazy to think that that side. I think some of the players. Went, yeah, I, Fio Zagarakis was in that in that Greek team, I believe. So they went on to sort of play in the. The Greek side four years later that actually pretty much come up with one of the most one of the most amazing results in international football to win the Euros. Dan, thank you very much for uh, for being part of it and, and sharing your memories. And problem, I hope um, per your fellow attendees have more memories of the games they go to than I, than I have done. If anyone has got any memories on this particular game as well, yeah, do do let us know. All right, then, mate. Take, Take care. care. See, See you soon. Thank you very much for listening. Now, I hope it's given you a little light distraction to current events. Thanks to Dan for his time and provoking some of my memories. And if you'd like to share your memories and anecdotes of your very first England away game, please drop me a line. Email 
is 3lionspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can tweet me at 3lionspodcast and we can go from there. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Give us a little follow. And if you'd like to spread the cheer a little further, a thumbs up on the likes of iTunes is always welcome. Now, obviously, with no imminent games, I'll do my best to release these podcasts as and when I have the content. I've still got the England at the European Championship Series to come, which has gone down really well. All previous ones of those are still available. But if you have an idea for uh, for the show, again, drop me a line. Now, in the meantime, do look after yourselves and each other. Until then, stay safe. Cheers. Cheers.